0: If you're a senior executive looking to transition to boards, check out our Fast Start Guide to Board Success. In this short guide, we'll answer all of your questions about landing a paid board role and we'll share some of the rookie errors executives make when trying to climb the board ladder. Jump on our website, boardcoachinginstitute.com.au or click on the link in the show notes to access your free copy today. If you're looking for board success, let us show you how.
1: So we can all tell stories. And of course, in your personal life, they don't have to have a message. But in business, I talk about you have to have a purpose. There has to be a message. Why are you sharing this? Otherwise, you're wasting everyone's time.
0: Hi, I'm Sally Parrish, Amazon best-selling author of the Essential Field Guide for Company Directors and founder of the Board Coaching Institute. I've been in, on, and around boards for over 20 years. And if you, like me, are passionate about the boardroom, then this podcast is for you. And I'd love you to join me on this mission to decode board success. What is it that sets some non-executive directors apart from the rest? How can you enhance your leadership skills so you can be highly effective in the boardroom? And what will it take to make board success a reality for you? I hope you enjoy these episodes as much as I love making them and that they unlock the secrets for you to gain a competitive advantage and have massive impact and influence in your board roles. Let's get started. Joining us today is the fabulous Yamini Naidu. Welcome to the studio, Yamini. Thank you so much, Sally. So excited to be here. Me too. I am I know I'm going to be spellbound. Whenever I sit and do any work with you, I just go off into some sort of trance. So if you need to give me a nudge in about 30 minutes from now, please do, because I'll be off in some (laughs) wonderful wonderland in my mind. So look, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. I'll start with my name because people always struggle with
1: pronouncing it. Yamini rhymes with harmony. So Yamini Harmony. Naidu is like Can do, you know. Naidu Can do. That's our family motto. I'm really scared of doing both of those together, Sally. Because one time I was giving an MC that tip, I said, "You know, Harmony and Naidu rhymes with Can do." And then he introduced me. He said, "Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Harmony Can do." <laughs> <laughs> so, if I ever need a performance name, that that you've got it, you've got, it, got it ready it. to go. Yeah. yeah. Some of your listeners might know I'm an economist by training. Please forgive that early youthful misadventure. (laughs) As an economist, I always wonder why data doesn't persuade people. Why is change so hard? Why can't we get people, you know, embrace strategy? Because the data always just makes sense. Yeah. On a long haul flight, somebody gave me a book on storytelling. It was called Business Storytelling for Leaders by Stephen Denning. And just seeing storytelling leaders just seemed to fry my brain. But I was so hungry for answers that on the flight I read, the in- I devoured the entire book. And when I got off, I rang a few leaders I knew. And they all said two things. They said, we know good leaders tell stories, but we don't know how to. Yes. I was determined to learn. Yeah. And- at that time, the only two things available, so I'm talking, you know, maybe 2005, only two things available were Denning's book and one article he'd written in Harvard Business Review, and that was it. Wow. Best way to uh, learn something is to teach it. Absolutely. So on that brief premise, I co-founded Australia's first company that specialized just in storytelling. And within 30 days, National Australia Bank was our first client.
0: Oh, what a great story like i've got to say i don't mind an excel spreadsheet but there are some real you know defenders of the spreadsheet that will stand up and present columns and rows like everybody else can follow along and understand it and i think you know even those of us who can follow a spreadsheet and understand the numbers those types of presentations are just so dull right so So dull so this to you would have been like a almost like a magic show where you can take this spreadsheet that you've got and transform it into something really, I was going to say meaningful, but numbers can be meaningful, but kind of emotive, right? It's something that we can understand on an emotional level. What were some of the early results that you first noticed with this new craft of storytelling? One of the surprising things was
1: leaders particularly come into something like this thinking, I've got no stories. Because unfortunately, Mm -hmm. the very Monica story, we've touched it or we've given it this cadence that it has to be something really large, you know, scaling Mount Everest, sailing the world solo, because most people's first experiences with a motivational speaker, and they do share these larger-than-life stories. But what our work and what the leaders immediately realize is what matters is everyday relatable experiences, dropping your kids off to school, you know, starting grade seven in a new high school or learning to play the flute or whatever it is. It's everyday relatable experiences. And as soon as they start to see that they've got a life rich in experiences, they actually have a life rich in story. The second thing that was surprising was how much it takes a level of courage to bring this into work. Because in the pub, in our personal lives, we're just so good with all the storytelling. You know, we just move from story to story to story. The minute you put people into work, we immediately disconnect with that part yeah. of us. Yeah. think it's not professional or no one's interested. But what's surprising is that is exactly what you've spoken to, Sally. It's that emotional core. It's what people relate with. They feel connected to you. They understand your message. All of those magical things happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think when I was first learning coaching, we learned this as metaphors, right? If you have a client who's particularly stuck with a thing, the brain that created the problem can't solve the problem right so if it's a logical head problem yeah you need to move away from that and find a different story that's relatable that they can get for themselves i think that's a lot of the power of stories that they don't necessarily have to have an end in they just have to be a great journey that they can take people on would you agree with that Totally. And what you're saying is
1: obviously there are the stories we share, the stories that help us make meaning of our lives, but actually the stories we tell ourselves form our identity.
0: Mm. So when someone
1: is stuck, that story is keeping them stuck. They think they're not going to be able to do X. So the biggest learnings and the biggest shifts happen in our life when we're able to recalibrate those stories, we're able to shift those stories
0: yeah, and we've all got those stories we're telling ourselves, right? And that whole self-awareness piece, understanding what those stories are and spotting those patterns are really important when it comes to professional development. Sorry, Sally, just to give, you, give our audience an example, Kate Burr is a
1: humor coach. Very, very good. Check her out on LinkedIn. And, you know, people always, whenever she's trying to teach humor, people always go, but I'm not funny. So they're stuck in that story that I'm not funny. Yeah. And Kate has learned to teach them to say, I'm learning to be funny. Yes. And I found that really powerful in everything in life. Don't just say I'm not, but just go, I'm learning to be. So there's a lot of forgiveness, a lot of expansion, a lot of possibility. And that reframing helps you to reframe that narrative around what you can and can't.
0: Yeah, I love that because it's not black and white, right? There's all degrees of ability and capability. So I love that. Absolutely love that. We're going to focus on two key areas for listeners today. And I think the first one is around, you know, the how do you use stories to set yourself apart? So going for board roles, highly competitive, how are you going to stand out in this really competitive field? And the other way we're going to look at stories today is how can you use stories to have impact and influence in the boardroom? So we often hear you know, finding your voice. That Everyone's got a voice. We all know how to speak, right? It's the actual, the words that we're choosing that we're going to look at today. So let's start with highly competitive field, right? There's thousands of potential non-executive directors out there looking for roles. How can we use your materials, your body of work to really sort of stand out from the competition and showcase the best version of who we are?
1: Sure. I never take a binary view. So everything you're doing, all the data you're providing, you know, all your achievements, your CV, all of that is good. But that makes you almost like everybody else. because Everyone going in that competitive pool, everyone is pretty matched, you know, in terms of skills, qualifications, experience. And when people are interviewing you or when they meet you, what they're looking for is for you to be able to package some of your experiences and bring that alive. So a little bit of like behavioral interviewing. So if you're able to back up some of that with some examples that show that you have actually, you know, what you've achieved and why that's different. And the best way to do that is through a story. So in in behavioral interviewing, we always say, you know, can you tell us about a time when you showed, when you demonstrated initiative? Yeah. And people then talk in really broad statements. They go, I've always had initiative and I think it's really important and every role has. And, you know, those are just bland, boring statements. But when you lock down into actually, uh, three months ago, I was invited to lead a new team. And bang, you're telling them an yes. actual example. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. It's almost like a potted history of your life, but looking of your working life, but looking for very specific incidents that could be shaped into stories.
0: And you're right. And it's not just in the interview. We see this in resumes where yeah. people put statements, you know, like strategic thinking is critical to the success of the organization. Yeah. Really? Like, <laughs> is it? Wow. But it's not You know, this is evidence of my strategic thinking ability. It's just a statement. All right, I want to talk about your latest book. You've got another fabulous book as well, but let's talk about X Factor, Unleash Your Presenting Superpower. So X Factor. So (laughs) what about people who aren't born with X Factor? You know, what about for them?
1: In the book, I bust the myth that X-Factor is something you're born with. It's for an exclusive handful of people with shiny teeth. It's larger than life. It's about presence. All that is the old view of X-Factor. The modern view of X-Factor is everyone has X-Factor potential. And it doesn't have to be big. Unless you're a Cirque du Soleil performer, you know. Yeah. X-Factor could be being empathetic, being deeply relatable, remembering people's names all of those could be your X factor. So this is the modern X factor that I'm talking about. But something
0: specific to you. Yeah. That there's something about the way you listen or there's something yeah. about the level of empathy that you have that sets you apart. apart. So when I'm working with clients, I say this as anybody can do what you do, but nobody can do it the way you do it. So we're talking about the flair, right? There's exactly the spin that we put on things the way that we deliver things so that's a combination of a lot of things right that gets to that x factor can yeah, you yeah. tell us about some of
1: those sure so pandas this, this modern x factor is lives in an intersection so if you think of the x so it lives at an intersection and the four bits that make up that intersection is purpose so what is the purpose of my x factor so hopefully to serve the audience to help them remember you or your message yeah The second thing that helps this X factor, this modern X factor, is value. So it should always add value to your clients, to your message, to your organization. The third, it always has to be in service. So the old-fashioned X factor was all about me, but this modern X factor is, will this be of service? And then the last part of that X, so purpose, value, service, and the last part of the X, I'm going to bring up the model in the books I can show you has to be something unique, which is what you are saying, Sally. Mm. Sorry, yeah. move over. I'll move it over. Yeah, this is what you are saying. Yeah. So when those four meet is where you find your X factor. Yeah. What I have found, because there X factor, there are multiple, infinite ways of defining X factor. It could be a quality, a trait, a statement, secret sauce, special sauce, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yeah. So what I've done in the book, the method I have developed, research, and tested, I have found a way to help people articulate
0: their X Factor
1: as a statement.
0: Now, give me an example of that. What's your X Factor? Because I love this. There is no one like, oh, once you hear this X Factor, there is no. no one like you on the planet that can do this the way you do it, right? So your X Factor is? My X Factor is I'm the world's only economist
1: turned Bollywood dancing business storyteller. Oh, it. I'm the world's only economist turned Bollywood dancing business storyteller so So
0: memorable right so (laughs) memorable and you know why this is really important as well like when we've had examples in the past where execs have gone for roles on boards there's been a shortlist right they've shortlisted to five candidates one of those candidates has dropped out and the board have said all right we need one more candidate on the shortlist so they've gone back to the main pile again And rather than start the process from the top, they went, who was that guy that climbed Mount Everest that, um, and it made them really memorable, right? So having that X factor is a going to get you noticed and give you more opportunity for being interviewed. But B, when people are, you know, going through the selection process and thinking about those candidates, it brings you straight to the front of mind. So it serves a lot of purpose, doesn't it? It does.
1: Absolutely. All the things. There's a wonderful book written by Carla Harris, which talks about performance currency and relationship currency. So performance currency is very important when you're, you know, new and when you're in a more junior role. So you're working your way up through an organization. It's all about the results you can deliver. Yeah. But in these kind of for our non-executive directors, it's all about relationship currency. Yes. And when you've got X Factor, yeah. then people want to hang out with you. They recommend you. They remember you. All yes. of those magical things happen yes. when you've got lots of good relationship cards. Because people
0: gravitate towards someone with X Factor, right? They're, they're magnetic. They are yeah. appealing. They, yeah. something wonderful about them. So does that yeah. mean that they're extrovert? Not always. So this
1: is the thing about the new X Factor. It can be, you can be an introvert. It can be intimate. It can be small. But what it is, it makes you very distinctive. It makes you desirable and original. So I'll share some more examples Please. about the other statements. So Carolyn Tate, some of you might know Carolyn Tate. She's a teacher, educator, a writer. So her X Factor statement is ex-banker turned purpose pioneer and purpose pioneer river swimming activist. So ex-banker, that's where her story starts. Yeah. Turned purpose pioneer, she actually brought one of the pioneer purposes, one of the pioneers around purpose in Australia, and now she's also a river swimming activist. The Whoa. minute she shares yeah. that nali, she immediately sparks connection and curiosity. Yes, yes. So people always want to know river swimming. She swims every morning in the Yarra. People always ask yeah. questions. Is it cold? Is it safe? Is it clean? Yes, yes, yes. yes. (laughs) And she often gets someone to join that river swimming community. So not only does she spark connection and curiosity, she sparks change. Yes. That's what the right X Factor statement can do. Like it's a total powerhouse. It transforms your professional life, but can transform your
0: identity. Yeah. And this is going to be really quite confronting for some of our listeners that do a really good job of blending in you know they have an idea of what a non-executive director looks like they try and look like other non-executive directors that are out there and really, this is just not what we need at board level. We need diversity. And that doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, social demographic diversity. It can be having that uniqueness, having that edge, having that different. I call it spark. It's something about you that and when you can align the boards that you're working on with this sense of purpose that you have for yourself, there's something electric that happens. You're just going to shine you're going to be the best version of yourself and you're going to get shoulder tapped for other opportunities. And yet so few of our non-executive directors really take that time to reflect and think about, well, who am I? What's my purpose? What are my values? What do I bring? And what is my X Factor? So thank you. Thank you for writing this book, X Factor, Unleash Your Presenting Superpower. It's an incredible incredible book and I think will be absolutely life-changing for a lot of execs once they can really understand this and own it right tap into it and own it all right let's move on because you haven't just written one incredible book have you <laughs> let's talk about the other books story mastery right so story mastery came first that was the first book Yay. So story mastery is all around how leaders supercharge results with business storytelling. So this was your, your whole body of work, right? One day you're sitting on a plane, your life changes, you dive in, you open up this company and you learn all about this through teaching it. So now we've got this incredible body of work around storytelling and you'd have to be living under a rock to not know the. Impact that storytelling has. It's probably one of the, you know, the top leadership skills that we have in our soft skills suite. And I hate, I hate the term soft skills. Why do we call the most difficult and challenging parts of our leadership soft skills? Like it's, it's easy. challenging skills. <laughs> it's are challenged by them. But in, you know, in terms of soft skills, you want to be a great communicator, learn how to tell stories. You want to have influence, learn how to tell stories. You want to have impact, learn how to tell stories, right? And we're wired for this, right? Why why as humans are we such suckers? Like as soon as someone starts telling a story, we have no impulse control, right? We have to lean in and and then what happened? You know, and I think if you think about the water cooler in the office, you know, you'll be innocently walking past it to your desk and hey, did you hear about Bob? Be like, what? We need to know, right? What happened to Bob? What happened? What, what know, is that about I us? Know,
1: I know. And it's timeless. This is how Netflix sucks us in. And, you know, we <laughs> hang on the edge after episode one. <laughs> Everything you've said, yeah. Why is that, though? Why? I think it's hardwired to our survival. So when you think around our ancestors sitting around a campfire sharing stories about how to, you know, avoid being killed. Yeah. mean, dinner you know, for a large uh, animal. So our very survival depended on it. So that was the whole leaning in. And this is how our brain seems to make sense of the world. And this is how we create meaning in our heads, which is the stories we talk about. Yeah. And how we share meaning with other human beings as well. So we're programmed, we're hardwired. We're hardwired. Research tells us children as young as two, the hardwiring starts in their brain then. Uh, You know, they might just share little stories like birdie fell, cat ate birdie, but that's the part of that hardwiring.
0: Yeah okay so I'm in a boardroom we're discussing a really difficult conundrum you know a dilemma at the boardroom table everyone's got their own areas of expertise so you know the lawyer's giving the legal perspective the finance person's giving the financial perspective the ESG person's giving the ESG perspective how do I be heard like how do I use storytelling to cut through all this noise and get my point across without being, you know, the loudest person in the room, without being the, you know, the fist banging on the table. Listen to me. How do we, how do we use storytelling to weave our thoughts and opinions into conversation? Yeah. Storytelling is always about bringing a piece of connection
1: or the human example into the room. So, Christine Nixon, when she was a police commissioner, she used to do this really well. She was the first female police commissioner for Victoria, the state both Sally and I are in, in Australia, she would have a large data point and then she would go, for example, I was talking to a farmer in Gippsland. So one of the ways in those, you know, board conversations to go, if I can share an example and then you launch into a story. So I try avoid using the word story because then some people, they think, oh, you're going to tell me a story. You can, you know, you can
0: set And that's a good point, right? Because as business leaders, you know, we don't like woo woo. Yomini. Yeah. There's no you there's yeah. no woo-woo in the boardroom, right? It's got to be pragmatic. Yeah. So, what's a better way of saying storytelling then? If we if we don't use the word story, example, just go. Can I share an experience? Can I share a customer experience?
1: Can I share an example? Can be yeah. Look at something that sits behind the research. Love so it. Look at what's sitting behind the data. That sort of thing. So those are really smooth segues for you to then yeah. story.
0: And in terms of segues, are there some great phrases we can use to capture attention? You know, the the sort of thing I would use is, you know, this reminds me of, and that's a great hook, right? People are ready for that story. Have you got other great phrases like that that you use? Absolutely. Even something like time and place, you could go three years
1: ago in our last board meeting, You know, yeah. last week in our, last month in our last board meeting, three yeah. years ago in my last job. Yeah. Anything with time and place immediately draws your audience in because we know that this is a story. So ah. We automatically know. You know how everything usually starts with somebody. Once also, upon a time. Yeah, but not once upon a time for another <laughs> <laughs> Once
0: upon a time. But, but that's
1: that's the adult okay, version, yeah. Yeah, okay. okay the version, isn't it? So I'm doing the adult version. Yeah, love the it. Uh, the the other thing that really helps is any sort of humanizing. So the minute you use a name, people are immediately drawn in because they know you could go. On. Actually, for example, yesterday I was talking to Sally Parish. So the minute I put a name into the room, then people are immediately we're drawn to it, like you know, uh, to like to a fire or a campfire, yeah, by, yeah, or the, the person. Yeah. So that can also really. Uh, but I love your line actually, uh, and Sally, the one that
0: you use to yeah. segue into a story. I think that's beautiful. This reminds me of, and I guess that's a time thing, right? Because I'm going back to back something. It's history, so there must be some yep. fact around it. Okay, so I want to talk about some of the sins of storytelling <laughs> because we've seen people do this badly, right? You, I mean, you just talk about. Uh, Giving a name there, we've seen the excessive name dropping. We've seen the oversharing, right? You know, and and there is there is a line, right? There is a line between. Wow, this is really interesting, and I'm leaning in and yeah. leaning back and going, "Oh my god, really?" Like
1: That's too much. Yeah. So, what what
0: are some of the sins of storytelling?
1: Yep. Uh, the first sin is not having a story. <laughs> <laughs> So whenever I want to persuade an audience or I want to influence or I want to have impact, in addition to the data, I would say you need a story. Uh, the second sin I would say is not having a purpose or a message for your story. So we can all tell stories. And of course, in your personal life, they don't have to have a message. But in business, I talk about you have to have a purpose. There has to be yes. a message. Yes. Why are you sharing this? Otherwise, you're wasting everyone's time. Yeah. The third sin would be rambling, going too long. A good story is a short story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The fourth thing would be using something that's available on the internet and passing it off as your own. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've seen it done too often. Yeah. That's why I want you to pan through your personal experiences and, you know, share something from there. So be be authentic with your storytelling.
0: Yeah. Be real.
1: Be real. And my fifth is back yourself. You know, have conviction. Like Madonna said, no one will believe you're a rock star if you don't think so. Oh, yeah. When that. you share a story, back yourself. Own it. Yeah, you know, live in that moment. Own it. I love it's it. not how it's going to land, but that is life. It's not yeah. a silver bullet. Anybody, any consultant who tells you X is a silver bullet, yeah. I would immediately, you know, that would make me very cynical. Yeah. Six, to practice your stories, to go in without practicing is disrespectful of your audience, of your message. There's no such thing as a natural storyteller. You have to practice. And number seven, keep learning. It's a craft, okay? It's a craft like everything else. And Sally, you know this. With everything, we learn, we get better, we try, we learn, we get better. Yeah,
0: and I think the first stage of any learning is being aware of how rubbish we are at it. So for anyone listening today going, Oh my God, I'm going to suck at this. That's okay because <laughs> suck is where we start, right? Suck duh. is the yeah. starting place. So, yeah. You know, practice on, practice on non business people, practice on. The kids, the husband, the the wife, uh, the friend. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Random strangers. Uh, Just this morning, they were saying Melbourne is the friendliest city. So now just go and practice your stories because now we have an excuse.
0: (laughs) Ride the circle tram for a day and talk to strangers. (laughs) I know you become a hazard (laughs) or you become a tourist attraction as part of the tram. I know. I love that. Now, just as we're closing, I'm, I'm just really curious why is it? That in our personal lives, all we do is tell stories, right? That's all we do. I get on the phone to girlfriends and I'm just telling story after story, what I did, what the kids did, where we went, what what happened. I'm talking about stories that happened 10 years ago. When we get into work, we just talk about the spreadsheet, the risk management matrix. And it's like it's like left and right, black and white. You know, you would never... You would never bring a spreadsheet into your personal life to back up your theories, right? So, <laughs> but we recommend that. We should <laughs> <on>. <laughs> So, f- why do we leave that at home? Like, is it that that whole you know leave your personal life at home? Do you think it's part of um, part yeah, of yeah. that? We have legacy issues. I'm hoping it's starting to
1: change now, yeah. but we do have legacy issues around that.
0: Yeah, a
1: lot of things we're afraid. We're always afraid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the other thing, to your point earlier, we're also afraid of oversharing, which is where I draw the distinction between personal. So I share a lot of personal stories and private. So you as a storyteller, you
0: decide what is private and what you won't share. Yeah. One of the things that I do that I get a, a lot of positive praise for is I share the things that didn't go so well. So these don't all have to be, you know, triumph stories where we conquered. They can be, you know, there was a time where I tried this and it didn't go well. It didn't work out. And I think that makes you more relatable. There's often more to learn in something that didn't work than something that did. Yeah, and failure stories,
1: absolutely. A failure is a strong word. There's some work done by a Harvard professor around failure stories, which says all the things you see that they're much more relatable. We've all been there. There's rich learning to be had. Um, And it also then just paints a complete picture because we're all over, you know, the filter, the Instagram influencers, everything's glossy, everything's beautiful. And and now thanks to working from home and Zoom, we realize life is messy, you know, kids come, dogs bark. all of that reality, we've tried to contain it and now it's not being, it's seeping into our frames, into our work. And, you know, good because then that helps us be more human. And Sally, we're always professional, irrespective of all that. We're always professional.
0: Yeah, I think
1: we get scared that the minute all this starts leaking in, we're not going to be professional. You can be both. Humans yeah. are. You know, we're bright enough to do it all. Yeah.
0: yeah, I love that. I'm going to come back to you for your um, concluding thoughts in a second, but I just want to cover those book titles again. So, Story Mastery, yeah, 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 yeah. and that's How Leaders yeah. Supercharge Results with Business Storytelling. And X Factor, Unleash Your Presenting Superpower. I'll hand over to Yamini to conclude. But it, within that, if you could also tell us, like as well as these great books that you have here, how can leaders reach out and what resources do you have for leaders who want to learn storytelling and how to tap into their X Factor? Oh, Great. Um, I also offer keynotes. They can come in and do
1: a keynote for your conference, for your leadership team. And I also do masterclasses and workshops. They're always great fun. They're interactive, but they're really practical. Like People get structure, They get a way of doing it, of establishing an X-Factor Statement or finding their stories. So I would love to work with you. I'll put in a link for an email. If they send an email to support at yamaninaidu.com, and we'll put that into the show notes. I'd be happy to send them 101 story ideas or 100. Oh, fantastic. Which Thank you. I'm X Yeah, they can have both of those as gifts for me.
0: I'll put that in the show notes. So support at yeah, au. and au. Correct. Correct. I'll tell them the two gifts. They can have both or they can choose which one they want. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much. That will be in the show notes for anybody listening to that. And final word, Yamane. like thank you very much for joining us today and sharing your insights, but over to you for a final word to close off. Yeah.
1: We've recently seen the rise of what we call the anti-striving movement. So, you know, our whole world's about
0: waiting in my heart
1: the world. <laughs> uh, And now we, we all work hard. We love what we do. I still validate all of that. That's very much me. But also with both storytelling and X Factor, there's something about grace about being kind to yourself because I think that's where the best stories and the best kind of x-factor will emerge so that would be my first and final word to you, some grace so right hand on the left shoulder left hand on your right shoulder give yourselves a hug yeah and that's a good place to start for both of that
0: I really really love that it's like the piece of string right pull it along with you You can't push a piece of string it will buckle absolutely love that thank you so much for joining us today for your wonderful insights more details in the show notes thanks Yamini thank you so much thank you Sally thanks very much for tuning in I'd love to know what you thought of this episode and what you took away from it I'd also love to know what topics you're interested in hearing about in the future and which experts you think should be featured on this board success podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please share with your colleagues who might also have an interest and make sure you click to follow or subscribe to be advised about upcoming episodes. In the meantime, if you're a leader or a successful executive, and you're looking to launch your board career, or if you're an established non-executive director and you're ready for the next level, check out the resources we have available for you on the website at boardcoachinginstitute.com.au. Until next time, here's to your board success.